The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 107.1. I went to the movie this weekend. I know not a lot of people did. I had some time on Sunday to go by myself and see Priscilla. Oh, yeah, the Elvis movie, the latest Elvis movie that's kind of from her perspective, right? Right, yes. And this is executive produced by Priscilla Presley, and it is based on her memoir, Elvis and Me. And and it stars uh, Jacob Alordi oh, as yeah. Elvis and Kaylee Spaney from Springfield, Missouri. Who you know. Yeah, did plays with her. And all of a sudden, oh my God, she... Have you had a chance to like talk to her at all since she all this? She doesn't talk back. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think people get to a certain level of fame and they just can't. Yeah. Because think about everybody that they ever knew went to high school with is hitting them up, you know? And so I accept that that is not, you know, I talked to her about six years ago because I was in an independent film with her and she had to quit because she got offered Pacific Rim too. That's crazy. It's like, Oh, okay. So we're not going to be doing this independent film in Springfield anymore. And Uh, what did you think of her performance? I thought she was amazing. It's just the perfect casting. Because even though she's, um, let's see, 24, she looks 15. She really does. So she can play. She will always be able to play younger. And she's playing uh, Priscilla at that age. At that age and into her, you know, early 20s. So she really can play a range of of, uh, ages. And... When you have somebody who's a grown adult, but they can look 15, this girl is going to work forever. I mean, she just looks so young. And she also brings this this amount of, like, very pure innocence to her performance that's just, like, you can't duplicate that. It's just, she always exuded such sweetness and positivity. I mean, she played Dorothy Gale, was very much, like, a wide-eyed You know, just she embodied that role, too. So you can see how that's similar, being 15 and not knowing. Oh, my gosh. So none of this stuff was shocking to me because I knew all about Priscilla being so young whenever Elvis met her. And really, by all accounts, and we talked about this with Paul, that it was just kind of gross, right? Like (sighs) the idea that this man who was how old was he when he met Priscilla? 26. 26. And she was 14. 15. Yeah, it's not cool at all. Back in the day in the South, I can see how he could have gotten away with it. But, you know, her parents weren't okay with this. She was hanging out at um, the um, the base. She was living in Germany because her father was stationed there. And so she was just hanging out at the local, where they hang out, the military. I got, forgot what it's called. The I don't know. It's like a little diner place where they would go on the base. And, you know, she was approached by one of Elvis's friends and said, hey, you come here a lot. And she's like, hi. Yeah, very, very. I mean, it's just it's a great performance and invites her to be at a party with Elvis. Elvis sees her, falls in love with her. And it's just kind of shocking what happens next, because, you know, you've got three years there where Elvis just wants her to be his little bird in a cage and ends up going off and doing movies and all kinds of things and getting out of the service and she's still in Germany and so what happens in the story is very much um, 
it's really shocking, you know, that he wanted her to be his Mm -hmm. and he ended up bringing her to America and enrolling her in high school. Like she's living in Graceland and she's 17. And her parents were fine with this. They were not fine. They, they were convinced, you know, by Elvis and everybody that surrounded Elvis, that this was okay. Elvis is, uh, dad was like, I will chaperone her, and don't you worry, she's going to be taken care of. But it is out of, like, when you look at the whole, like, if you saw it on paper, you'd be like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you know? I just feel like that's so crazy. So it sounds like it wasn't that her parents were fine with it, it was that nobody was willing or comfortable I mean, she standing was up to Elvis. So, yes, and I think overall the thing that's so, um, that was so, I don't want to say sad, but you're a teenage girl. Think about like when you were a teenager, you had these big crushes on people that became her reality. Like she had this crush and then she's in the life. So I would definitely say that like getting somebody at a young age, I mean, it's called grooming people, you know, taking somebody out of their element, you know, in her whole life was him. And then she finally, as we all know, not a spoiler, she gets out of the marriage because the things he was doing is just like cheating and, and just, I think overall, the thing that really just struck me was the amount of loneliness that she went through, which brings me to something that I made a note of, that the movie itself is perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. And I do acknowledge this is Priscilla's story, okay? Yeah. This is not the Elvis that you know. This is Priscilla's story. Yeah, because by all accounts, Lisa Marie was not pleased with this film. Well, I, it's really weird because I think probably she didn't like seeing her dad well, yeah. for the fact, I mean, these are, of course, this is her mother's truth. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm sorry that the dad you knew as a, but it's toddler, understandable is what I'm saying. Like, right. Sure. It's clear that she wouldn't have agreed with that because that put her dad in a light that she never saw. That was mm-hmm. not her reality, but it was her mom's obviously. Yes. Yes. And I think, so I think it's perfectly cast and I think that they, I mean, Jacob Elordi looks just like Elvis. This is a completely different Elvis than we saw in Elvis, the Boz Lerman. Yeah. With Austin, uh, Butler. Austin Butler. They're both valid and really good, but like Jacob Elordi doesn't even sing in this. This is all about the character. His voice is exactly the same. He does looks he still exactly have the, the voice? He, what do you mean? Oh, I don't you know, know. You know. I don't know. Austin Butler <laughs> like is voice. still yeah. talking with the Elvis voice. You know, I don't know. Probably not. But I can see how. Um, yeah, I mean, this is fantastic. It is slow. But the reality is, like I said, is that she did go through a lot of loneliness. So there are the story kind of gets murky in the way that it's told and that we see her alone a lot in Graceland. Um, I was just so excited because we know that this is like they allowed people into film. Yeah. You, we've never seen the bedroom because you're not allowed oh. to go in there. So I was like, oh, my God, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I mean, it is leather walls. It is black leather. It has like the. The um, the tiger uh, statues and just it's so over the top. It's like, oh, my gosh. Um, But anyway, back to the point of I don't know if the movie, the way it's told, I don't know if the pacing was right. But, you know, this isn't an Elvis movie. This is the Priscilla story. So she was left alone so, so much and she didn't have any friends. And it's just like, 
Oh gosh! So it was a little meandery in the middle yeah. there until but we you got liked to the it part overall. I did like it a okay, lot. Good. All right, I ag- did. again, the name of the movie is Priscilla. Priscilla, it's in theaters now. And yes. Dawn, if you were going to give it zero to five uh, ticket stubs, a la our friend Paul McGuire Grimes, mm-hmm. Paul's trip to the movies dot com, wh- how many ticket stubs would you have given it? I would say four point two five. Four point two five. The acting five for both of them. All right, fabulous. Sure. Well, thank you for that movie review. And when we come back, we're doing publationship reviews. Currently, Quift is on offer. What's a Quift? <laughs> you know what it is. We'll get right to that and the latest between those two when we come back right here on Mike. It is time to give yourself a gift. The gift of good health. It's Don McLean for Olivia Weight Control Centers, and they're having a sale. It's their pre-Black Friday event. You're going to receive 50% off your personalized program when you mention me. What's great about Livia? Because there's so many companies out there. You see them on Instagram. You see them everywhere you go. Well, Livia is proven. It's doctor recommended. And for 14 years, they've been doing this. So they know that things work and they know how to customize plans for you, which is what they did for me. And they do for everybody. So when you sign up, you're going to get that personalized plan. And you can lose up to 10 pounds in your first two weeks and up to 20 pounds or more before 2022. It's Livia's best offer of the year. So save 50% off if you mention me and call today, 855-GO-LIVIA, or you can visit Livia.com. It's a limited time offer, so join now. It's Minnesota's best weight loss program for three years in a row. It's Don McLean for Livia Weight Control Centers. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, My Talk 1071. Happy Monday. Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you miss Blinded by the Item, that's a podcast that we do, and it's broadcast on the radio from 1230 to 1 every day. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Just look up Blinded by the Item. Now, what is going on in the world of Quift? Quift. What's a quiff, you ask? That's a publationship. What's a publationship, you ask? You don't ask because you know it's a relationship for publicity, as illustrated by celebrities. Quift, of course, is Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And forgive us, but we have left them on the curb for a while, Dawn, because I feel like there are a lot of other stories in the world. And she was but, just going out to dinner a lot, you know, with she, her friends. Yeah, she was her tour. doing stuff, and they're out there, they're out there. But we got another spotting. We got another publationship moment, <laughs> courtesy of Don't Cry For Us, Argentina. Uh, she went, of course, to Argentina to do her tour, and of course... Love cannot be stopped, and especially <laughs> when you are a ridiculously wealthy and successful. Would we call him an A-list athlete? One hundred percent. Okay, highest paid at his position, but, best at his position. Okay, yeah. how He's many A-list. touchdowns in the last quarter? I don't know what that means, but I, Mike <laughs> knows. Good. At least you know you've Mike got knows. the right. You know he's Sport. not like a yeah. Uh, he's a wide back and a big receiver. <laughs> I don't know what that means. That Hitting home runs every weekend. And touchdowns and taking things. Okay, anyway. Taking more, yards. Taking yards. <laughs> making coffee. No, he was getting on a private jet in his monochromatic outfit, which is what the kids do these days. They just wear top to bottom the same color. I know. It's really, it's so uninspiring. Anyway, um... He got on his private jet to fly down to Argentina on Sunday, or not on Sunday, excuse me, over the weekend, uh, to see her perform. And she, how do I say this, returned the favor 
by literally changing the lyrics of one of her songs. In fact, Mike, you played that Want to hear it again? earlier. Yeah. Can we play that again? This is Taylor Swift singing in Argentina. And uh, wait for the uh, the little... Yeah, so this is from this is from the song Karma, and the line is normally Karma is the guy on the screen coming home to me. Okay. Oh my god! She changed it. If you couldn't hear, Karma is the guy on the Chiefs coming straight home to me. He was super stoked when he heard the lyrics. You can see it in his face in the video that was recorded because, of course, there are cameras everywhere. And to that end, um, she performs for him, does that thing. He's clapping, supporting her. His face is red. His face is red. I think. I don't know. That's what the report said. And then there is another publicationship moment wherein, like, he comes from out. It looks like he's coming out of what's like a privacy tent. So, like, if there was, like, a an entrance to go backstage or whatever, there's, like, this pop-up tent that they shove up, which I'm sure is to, you know, so that reporters and everybody can't see or publicity, whatever, can't see people going in and out. Mm -hmm. So if you just wanted to have a low-key moment, right? Like you're like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to make a scene, Taylor. I don't want to make a scene. Just come see me after, you know, I'll be in the tent and we'll make out. (laughs) No, he steps out of that privacy tent just beyond it Mm -hmm. as she is walking towards it, sees him, and then goes running, and then grabs him, and then they're like, (laughs) and then they make out, and then they run into the privacy tent after making out. And I'm just like, you guys are so obvious. I guess I shouldn't question true love, should I? Well, I think coming from our perspective, like I've had the feeling, like in my world of thinking about being a celebrity and putting your relationship out there, I would be like, we should cool it a little bit. But she doesn't have the limitations in her mind like I do <laughs> because I'm thinking of it in a way that's just not you're being her. Human. And remember, you've always said she's a robot and a Nordic alien. Oh, she's an alien for sure. She's totally an alien. <laughs> and she has mind powers to control everyone. Stop it. Stadium's worth of people. She's one of the Stop most powerful it. aliens. No, she might be the really, queen of the Nordics. Really talented. But I think... Like, to your point, no, we don't operate by the same rules that Taylor Swift does. No, think about why you wouldn't want to put your relationship out there. Number one, it hasn't served you well in the past. Not true for her. It's sold many, many albums, yeah. no, so it's, it's her business. But but I would have a hard time, if I were him, understanding where I began, where our relationship began and her career ended. Mm-hmm. So that's true. So while I understand her motivation and I understand his, I mean, I'm not stupid. I wasn't born last night. Like it serves him as well. Sure. And it serves anyone who has a public facing career. The person for whom it would not serve is the person like you or me. If we started dating, dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> right. right. I'd be like, Ooh. like, I don't want my name everywhere and i don't want my face everywhere so could you please just could we maybe go away to like my aunt's cabin for the weekend yeah my aunt's cabin in argentina (laughs) yeah no but like but for them i totally understand their motivation that's why they're publication shipping right it's just so obvious it and i guess it doesn't matter most other people like the fans they love it they're just eating it up
Absolutely. Right? So there is no negative in her <laughs> mind. That the sound That's of the, the sound of me eating it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ooh. you are the resident Taylor Swift fan and Travis and? Kelsey fan. So, oh my God, are you just like feasting off of this? This is great. Yeah. Julie asked me on Friday. She's like, "Are you Todd's sick of this face right now?" Is she's like, like, "Are you sick of this yet?" I'm like, "No. I want all of this, and I want it to continue forever. It's love forever." Do you think they're gonna have little Travis they're Kelsey have and Taylor Swift babies? Kelsey babies, and it's gonna be adorable. Yes. Dawn? Well. That is great for them. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. Well, I do think it's got to be a different era for her, right? Because she's now in her 30s. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, how... If you are going to choose to be so public-facing, right? Are you then paying attention to how this appears? Like, what kind of no. relationship you want to have? You d- She has no limitations. So she doesn't have... Normally, whenever you've had a bad experience where people react to you negatively, you know, the only thing that would be like Maddie Healy, we haven't forgotten about that, but that wasn't her doing. It was just, he's an idiot. And she found out, but like, there aren't, there isn't any pushback about this being negative. So why would you change? Why wouldn't you just explode with love and joy on stage and be completely in your feelings? Because it only is positive for her. She doesn't have like, until we find out that he, you know, didn't pay his taxes two years ago. And then everybody will be like, Taylor. I mean, I just don't underestimate the public's ability to lift up and tear down at the same time. And also lift up that rug and just sweep everything under there. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what Matt Healy, that's, I mean, where is Matt Healy? That was literally five minutes ago in the world. I mean, do you think that she, I mean, I think that was completely her choice and plan. I'm not saying she's just a victim of circumstance. She decided to go to that game because I think for her career, it made sense. She needed some what a game? way to move on. What do you the mean the Chiefs first time game, she went to? When he invited her to oh, the Chiefs sure. game. I mean, yeah. that was like, this will take care of that little Matt Healy oh, problem. 100%. But now it is developing into a real relationship. Well, d- yeah, it's exactly. I'm not saying it's not a public relationship or it wasn't a public relationship. It absolutely was. To your point, though, that can also evolve and become a real relationship. Yeah. But you, both things can be true. Mm-hmm. I mean, love can exist in a relationship. It's a very yeah, rare thing. True. It's like a unicorn. So don't, <laughs> I wouldn't bet on it, but that's all I'm saying. Just I'm ride kidding. that unicorn, huh? Everything entertainment. Hey, my talkers. Bradley here for my friends at Alight. We are alight.org. I want you to head to that website because there you can learn about the amazing work that this Twin Cities-based organization is doing around the globe. Each and every day, you turn on the TV, you open your social media apps, you realize that people increasingly are displaced around the world and they need help. They need access to shelter, to clean water and food and the basic necessities in life but there's also a lot more that they need which is why a light is there each and every day of the year meeting folks where they're at doing the doable helping people displaced by war conflict famine and increasingly climate change if you'd like to support that work financially thank you and many of you already have but there are also other ways you can support that work even just learning about the work that a light is doing and sharing it with your social networks head to wearealight.org today and thank you the adventures of bradley and dawn my talk 1071 all things entertainment, including the great British Bake Off, episode oh. seven in the Bake Off week. Uh, it's desserts week. And Bradley. What a crappy week! You didn't like it. Oh my God, it was the most disastrous 
technical in the history of Bake Off. It truly they was. They all doo-dooed the bed. I thought that was speaking. hilarious, and I I was like, this is the worst technical. It has to be the worst technical. Truly it was. So yeah. you guys know that each week Don and I love to watch Bake Off, right? And I mean, I still, even if, even if I throw up my hands and go, what? It's still the best show ever. So um, give people a, a, a taste of what dessert week meant on Bake Off this week, Dawn. It's very British, for sure. So Very British. Very British, like a steamed pudding. You had a creme caramel, which is, if you've ever had creme brulee, that's the best way for me to describe yeah. it. It's, it's, it's kind of like custard. a flanny, uh, you know, like a custardy cust. Yes, um, but less eggy than flan, flan, flan. It is, you know, cooked in a little ramekin it's custard and then it has this caramel that sort of just drips off of the top of it and it's definitely like has to have that right wobble to it you have to cook it in a water bath it's very fiddly and some of them succeeded and some of them didn't their flavors were really interesting some of them i'm like oh my god you are trying too hard to make this interesting and I don't know if that's going to set well, but some of them surprised me. Yeah, I, honestly, creme caramel to me seems kind of boring. It's kind of it was kind of like a one note thing, you know, because, again, it's just it, I mean, it shows whether you can make a custard. I get it. And like, you know, you can throw some and personality in there. Yeah, the caramel, of course, is you either do it or you don't. They uh-huh. all seem to do pretty well. A couple of them overbaked it, but. Yeah, um, as far as like the caramel goes, I felt the pain of Maddie, who I've cooked caramel so many times where it just doesn't come together. I'm like, it just keeps boiling and boiling, and it's and not it turning into caramel, shoves. and then it crystallizes. Yeah. And I'm whipping it and whipping it. I mean, it is not easy to do. Yeah. Some people maybe find it super easy, but then you can feel like you just did it the same way the last time, and it works, or it doesn't work. So. Yeah. I definitely felt it for them. I think they gave him that challenge because there were two things that had to be timed just perfectly when it comes to the bake of the um, the custard in the oven. And also, or it'll be more, if you overbake it, it'll be like scrambled eggs a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And too firm. And then it was just had a lot to do with timing. So I think they wanted to make sure that they knew the basics of both of those things and it's seemed like most of them did, but a lot of people were just yeah, scared I mean, and overbaked it. There was, you know, there were a couple, th- like I said, there were just a couple that overbaked it, but other than that, it, you know, it's a pretty basic recipe. The The flavors were not too out of the box or out of the ordinary. Well, yeah, I guess for British people, because I thought they were kind of complicated. Some of them, I was like, you're adding a lot in here. Like Dan, for instance, he did like a, he kept saying like a Thai curry and yeah. you're like, it's not curry. <laughs> you're not doing, you're not putting any no. curry in it. was like the, it. Other, the other flavors in a curry minus the actual curry. Right. Yeah. Lemongrass and uh, he had. He's always creative though. That was fun. Uh, that was probably yeah. the most creative one. Thai green tea he had in there. And actually it turned out really well. They yeah. loved it. Um, so the signature challenge yeah, they... was disaster it was atrocious and i thought this was hilarious because this is a technical not the signature oh i'm sorry yeah the yeah, technical that was, the was the technical challenge the technical challenge they really 
failed. And what I loved is that, I mean, all of them failed. <laughs> yeah. There was not a person who succeeded in that challenge. And minus one person, they all failed miserably. Um, but what I thought was hilarious about that was that they all failed miserably on a very English dessert, like perhaps the most English dessert, a mm-hmm. steamed pudding. Like, steamed. I can't think of anything. And, you know, we've watched a lot of Bake Off in our lives, Dawn. You know, a steamed pudding is like the most iconic British pudding. Yeah. And pudding meaning dessert, like not yeah. actually pudding. To yeah. It, but yeah. like a steamed pudding being like the most pudding of puddings. Mm-hmm. Right. So it just basically all came out in a big plop because once again, you had to cook that in um, a water bath. So it involved a ramekin and, you know, it's basically cooking a little cake through steam. So it had to be covered and it's just a very British thing to do. We don't really do that. But it's also just boiling something. So the only thing I could think of was that they must have all just not had nearly enough time, which Mm -hmm. begs the question whether or not they were set up for failure. Because I always think if everybody's going to fail, like I would take some comfort in thinking like, well, we all failed. So that tells me perhaps the judges failed. Perhaps whoever set up that challenge did not give them enough time because they all failed on the same thing, meaning their puddings didn't have enough time to set so that for the listener who didn't see the episode, they all turn out their puddings because you flop it out of the mold and it's supposed to go. It's like a little sponge cake. really. Yeah. And it's supposed to come out of the tin. Uh, right side up <laughs> in one piece, and none of them did. No. Save one person who's kind of did, but it was still undercooked. And to that, I would say, I bet they just didn't give them enough time to steam the puddings. Because yeah. the other thing I know about like a steamed pudding is that you have to steam it for a long time. It was like a 45-minute thing. Yeah. And if they started too late or they were worrying about the creme anglaise or the caramel drizzle but even, they had you know, to add. But here's where I will sort of take them all to task. They couldn't even do those. Like they, uh, several of them failed on the the Another ginger caramel. caramel sauce. Oh, yeah. So that was actually pretty fun to watch because, you know, whenever you get tense during Bake Off because somebody screwed up and you're like, oh, no, you just feel bad for them because everybody is generally, what they present to us is are very sweet people yeah. and you don't want them to fail. Um but whenever everybody's and they're just all laughing, you're like, okay, this is fun. I like that they, I could not wait until Paul and Prue came out to see, because this is a blind tasting. So you don't know whose is whose. And they walked out and then Paul just turned around and acted and like he was going yeah. <laughs> Oh, that must have been, I mean, they couldn't eat, um, they couldn't eat five out of the six. Yeah. It's like it's inedible. No, because they were just you don't want to get sick because it has raw eggs in it. And yeah, I'm sure that was frustrating for everyone. And especially if you left that week, we won't give any spoilers. But for the person who left, you got to feel bad that they left on that week. I know, because I feel like although I do think I did get the impression that they did not take into account Although, how could they have? Because they all failed. So, but that says there was not even that extra layer of protection for anyone. So, like, mm-hmm. if you, for the person who got sent home, they didn't have that extra chance to save themselves because everybody, you know, doo-dooed the bed. True. And if you're going into the last challenge, the showstopper, and you've failed Which, by miserably the way, at the other two. I was so unhappy. I was really unimpressed with the group this week. Those, oh. those showstoppers. Yeah, they were all meringues. Okay, so it was a, they called it a meringue bomb, like French bomb with an E. So not a bomb, 
but like it's a French or excuse me, a French meringue. I guess it didn't have to be a French meringue, but it was a meringue shell. And on the inside, you had to have some kind of dessert. And so it was like almost think of like a like a ball made out of meringue. Mm-hmm. And you would fashion each half of the ball or the globe. And then you would put a dessert in and then you would close, you know, put the pieces of the globe together. It's like together. a little Fabergé egg yeah, that you open. Yeah, exactly. And um, they all they had to do was create, you know, which is hard to create like a meringue shell, right, without it cracking. And a couple of them got a little cracky. Oh, God, that's the thing that was so frustrating. The whole time I was like, oh, I... Anyway, I before we get to that, so the, the thing that I was uninspired by was like their desserts on the inside seem so kind of like Basic. afterthoughty. <laughs> and look, well, I don't bake. I could not. I would fail miserably, fully aware. But from a viewer standpoint, mm-hmm. I was like, really, you guys, mm. you're just on the heels of the quarterfinals. And you're just you going to put some shoe buns in there. And you're literally just going to make some, yeah, like some profiteroles and yeah. plop them in and then close the thing and call and it not a, even good. Yeah. Like two out of the three failed miserably. So, Mike, it's like they dumped, you know, I don't know. They went and got some Entenmann's donut holes and just <laughs> plopped them in yeah. this like extravagant <laughs> case. Yeah, pretty much. Like, right? okay, that's easy because shoe buns aren't those like the first class that I took was to make eclairs. And it's like making that base or that the outside part. It's like a little bun. It's like a donut, but it's like a hot the dough, like you you cook it on a stove to make shoe pastry. So you really it's it's kind of hard to screw it up. It's very hearty and dense. And then they're filling it with some type of a like jam cream filling. Really, they're cream puffs. Yeah, cream puffs. We would call them cream puffs. Mm-hmm. So, um, you how just, do you screw that up? I I don't know. Well, but even that, it's like, it why lazy. would you be thinking about creating something that's not hard to screw up? You're at the you're yes. you're about to go into the quarterfinals of the Great British Bake Off. That's why I was so shocked. Yeah, you need to do so, You need to step it up, kids. Yeah, step it up. <laughs> and you know what? The people that did step it up ended up going pretty far. You know, it's like, all right. You did pretty well at that. They were risky, but they were better than some of the shoe bun people. Anyway, have you ever made a French meringue or like a hard meringue? We only do meringue with like lemon meringue pie really here, but they do. Well, increasingly people do like the French meringue. Now everybody's doing that because of the macaron. Mm -hmm, Everybody wants to do that. I would have done if this were me and I have never made an Italian meringue, but because there were no rules, in terms of the kind of meringue, I would have done an Italian meringue because who's to say you couldn't, because that's soft, right? That's the one that you, um, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. you're heating and it's kind of uh, almost marshmallowy. Why couldn't you just pipe it on around whatever dessert you're making? Mm. Like a big, you know, almost like a baked Alaska. Yeah. So then you have like these. You know, then it doesn't require you to create a separate mold that could crack and then hopefully balance right. I wonder if that wasn't, I wonder if the assignment was just, you know, like they had to make a mold. Well, they just said uh, meringue bomb. Yeah. And they said people will probably make a French meringue because it's very stable. But I was like, but then you're just creating something that's going to crack. Because to me, the whole time I would be like that one young lady who had to like cut her silicone mold out of the meringue that would have been terrifying terrifying yes yes i've never made one 
Um, I, yes, I do. Yeah. Mike, are you a meringue? Not a fan. No. No. Too marshmallowy, or are you a marshmallow it's, fan? Yeah, I like marshmallows, but not necessarily in that. Is it too eggy? Are uh, you? Yeah, I just don't like the texture of it, and it's just kind of gross. Yeah, consistency. I, I can see that. Consistency is yeah. not great. Yeah. I love meringue. I mean, I would try. I, like, I mean, I would try anything. Sweet, but, but yeah. Man. What would you have done, Dawn? Your oh. meringue bomb. Oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about it. What would you put in the middle of your meringue bomb? I don't know, but I wouldn't put shoe bombs. I did like the idea. Uh, <laughs> one individual did like a trifle. I just thought the t- trifle looked kind of crap. Yeah, that's risky <laughs> because it's all just kind of mushed together. But uh, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think I would have baked separate layers of cake and then put some stuff around it. Yeah. Somebody well, did that. Yeah. we're getting down to the, the uh, quarterfinals, right? Mm-hmm. So that means we're going to have five people. We're down to five, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, it's you know, the finals are going to be here before we know it. Are you right. feeling good about the people so who we remain? We have three weeks left. Yes. I think I know who's going to be in the final. Okay. Do you think you know who's going to win? Yeah. Oh, all right. Write it down. Okay. And seal it like in right an now. envelope. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you want me to? show you no don't show me but just write it down okay and then uh we'll circle back okay i'll give it to mike you write it down you both write down your guess and then hand it to me fabulous all right we'll do that and when we come back here on the adventures of bradley and dawn from bake off to turkey on we're gonna talk a little turkey upon our return right here on my my talkers is bradley for my good friends at little blind spot and hunter douglas now through december 5th buy more and save more with huge rebates on hunter douglas silhouette and pirouette and power view automation purchase one to five silhouette or pirouette with power view automation get a 50 dollars per unit rebate purchase six to ten get a 75 dollars per unit rebate and if you purchase 11 or more get a $100 per unit rebate. Rebates can include a mix of silhouette and pirouette with PowerView automation. Limitations and restrictions apply. Ask for details and don't forget that select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades still qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of up to $1,200 through the end of the year. Exclusions and restrictions apply here too. Visit littleblindspotmn.com today for more information and to schedule your free in-home consultation. Don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot. We're big on service. The Adventures of Bradley and Don, my talk, 1071, everything entertainment. Oh, Turkey, Turkey Day is coming. Dirky. It's Turk, Turkey. No, Dirky Turkey Day. French Onion is also Dirkies. happening on Turkey Day, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> no, we're we talking about. We could do Turkey Day. Uh, turkey Day is coming, and Bradley actually cooked a turkey this weekend. 651-641-1071. We're asking for turkey tips. Turkey tips, tips, Don. Tips. tips. Just to be clear, sounded a little, you know. <laughs> you, you mean brace. What'd you say? You mean brass? Brass. I did brass? make some brass last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I made a turkey this weekend. You guys are probably about to make a turkey in the near future for Turkey Day. And I thought we could talk a little turkey because you know the thing about the turkey is everybody has got their secrets. Mm-hmm. 651-641-1071. What's your turkey tip? And um, mine, here's my turkey tip for what it's worth. Cut that thing up. 
cook that turkey in parts. Okay. It'll take like half the time to cook the turkey and uh, everything will cook uniformly. You won't have to like turn the thing. You won't have to worry that one part of the turkey is going to overcook. Break that turkey down, honey. People want to see that big round turkey intact no, on their on their table. No, they don't. You cook a turkey every week or every other week. Me? Yeah. No, no, no. I uh, I I will cook turkey breasts on a regular basis. Okay. But not a whole ass turkey. You baked a whole ass turkey. I cooked a whole ass turkey. A twelve this weekend. pound turkey. Yep. Lord. Yeah. Well, it did, now is the time. Here's what I will say. Like, people, I think, act like turkey's only for Thanksgiving. I think increasingly that's not the case. More and more people are cooking turkey. Now is a great time, though. If you can manage to learn the skill of breaking down a turkey, you can get some really good deals. Fill up that freezer with some cheap-ass turkeys. Costco, they had... Uh, they had butterballs for, like, 99 cents a pound. Wow. And then the... the um, like the the kosher organic ones were only three something a pound, so that's still super cheap for a really really nice turkey. You break that thing up, you can eat off that thing for weeks. So I like to buy a turkey before Thanksgiving because we usually go to my mom's for Thanksgiving, and then I'll buy one after Thanksgiving because they'll usually be cheap again. Okay. And then you could, like I said, you can gnaw off that those bones for weeks. So you should get one now and freeze it. Is what you're saying? Yep, freeze it, and again, break that thing down. It is so easy to cook. Stick it on a sheet pan, uh, put some salt and pepper on it, run it at 400 for like an hour or so until, you know, it hits 165 in the boobies, and then take her out and she's done. Mike, who's on the line? We got Justine on the line to start. Justine, gobble, gobble, honey. What's your turkey tip? My tip is to use Wolfgang Puck's recipe. Oh. <laughs> what's Wolfgang Puck's turkey recipe? Um, he, it's a brine. It's mm. got honey and syrup and a bunch of seasonings and herbs, and you brine it for like twenty four hours. Mm, okay. How do you do? You brine it whole. Yes. Like, how do you get that thing in your fridge? Um, I don't buy any groceries the week before, <laughs> and the fridge is empty. And you move the shelves around. Do you have like a big ass yes. bucket, or what do you put that thing in? Mm-hmm. Like a big stock pot. Oh, uh, got it. Oh, yeah. That and makes sense. And then a plate on top to hold it down. Got it. All right. So we're brining our turkey. Well, is it going to jump out? Well, no, hold it down. <laughs> what happens? Probably just to keep so it from... So it doesn't float. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. I have cooked a turkey one time in my life. One time in your life. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Justine, by the way, for your turkey tip. Wolfgang Puck. We'll have to look that up and see what his recipe is with syrup and things. Yeah. Go ahead. You've made a turkey once in your life. And I looked up Martha Stewart's recipe. Which involves shoving butter underneath the skin. Oh, yeah. Butter and herbs. But you're saying it's very simple for you. I don't, well, I don't, I don't do anything complicated. I cut the thing up in pieces, mm-hmm. legs, thighs, wings, brass, salt, pepper, stick it in the oven. I mean, good roast turkey. I mean, you can do all sorts of spices and things, but that way I've got a bunch of turkey meat because then take it out of the oven, whatever you're not going to eat. You're just pulling all the meat off the bone. You mm-hmm. can put that into all sorts of things. Keep it in containers in the freezer. Pull it out when you need it. And you'll, like I said, you'll be eating for a while. That's awesome. Let's go to Jack. Jack's on the line. Hey, Jack, what's your turkey tip? Well, hey, I'm the gentleman that called last week uh, and recommended the uh, oven bag, you know, where you cook yeah. it. Yeah, uh, that's right. The see-through bag. Yeah. And I, I've always had success with that. I mean, it's something that I've used for uh, very, very 
varying ways. Mm-hmm. I've, I've done it with stuffing inside the carcass or whatever. I've also done it where you just put salt and butter inside the turkey and then put, you know, carrots, onions, celery, and just shove it in there and yeah. then roast it in the bag. But the bag does the self-basting, and that's where you get the moist. Uh, that's oh, where you right. get the nice moist meat, you know. Yeah. Awesome. So I've done that. That's my tip. All right, turkey in a bag. Thank you, Jack. Thanks. I have done a roast in a bag before. Roast in a bag. Yeah. Easy cleanup, right? Very, very I don't, cool. Yeah. I'm not a fan. I will say I'm not a fan of the bag because I think mm-hmm. it gets kind of wet. And I don't like wet meat usually. Mm-hmm. I like some crispy, dry ass meat. Okay. Like I like to overcook my chickens and turkeys, but that's well, just that's me. That's good. Yeah. Uh, For safety. Well, I just, you know. You like it that way. Uh, let's go to Mo. Mo is on the line. Hey, Mo, what's your turkey tea up? Gobble, gobble. Oh, gobble, gobble. Uh, the best thing I've ever done, and we host for about 25 people, uh, is I got a countertop oven roaster from, or a turkey roaster from Target. Oh, wow. And the thing, the thing self-based, it's just a gigantic crock pot for a turkey. Right. I'll have that bird cooked in four hours. Oh, I yeah. No. I put the butter and the herbs up under the skin, and then we do a pomegranate glaze over the top. Awesome. And you're done. Thank you so much, Mo. Wow, that sounds thank great. You. Thanks for all your turkey tips. We'll probably dip back into turkey talk at some point before oh, the big sure. day. When we come back here on the adventures of Bradley and Dawn, Brittany Spears, she's posting on the internet. <laughs> we'll tell you why when we come back on My Talk 1071.